This is the preview here on Balls.e in partnership with Ladbrokes, where we're looking ahead to Ireland versus Portugal, or Portugal versus Ireland, actually, um, uh, more accurately, which takes place in Faro tomorrow night, Wednesday night. Stephen Kenny needs to get that World, Cam- World Cup campaign off uh, off the mark after two defeats, but uh, they've had easier fixtures. Delighted to say that Kevin Doyle, Ladbrokes ambassador, former Republic of Ireland International, joins us to talk about it. Kevin, this isn't an easy one. The uh, odds on Ladbrokes, we were saying before we come off air, we've never seen anything like it for an Ireland match. 20 to 1, Ireland are to win this game. Yeah, yeah. I, You know what? I was thinking about it and. I, I think that's a bit unfair. More so, to, to be honest with you, probably not with our results. But to do with Portugal, um, I always feel the big teams come back from a, a major tournament. You know, they weren't great in the Euros, played good at times, and they, they left it sooner than they would have hoped. I just think there's always a bit of a hangover. Their first game back, it means a lot more to us this game than to them, you know, motivational-wise. Um, few players, their players involved in transfers. I just think maybe, maybe you're trying to get a positive out of it and trying to put a good spin on it. Maybe we could catch them on the hop a little bit. Yeah, we beat Croatia in the World Cup '98 qualifiers after they finished, or in the Euro 2000 qualifiers after they finished third in the World Cup. But I think we might have had a stronger team back then, uh, slightly. But I'm just thinking about this, right? So it's obviously been a disastrous start. The defeat to Luxembourg, obviously defeat to Serbia as well. Yeah. But the Luxembourg thing is going to hang over this team for a long time on, unless something drastic changes. But we've got three fixtures in the next week. Portugal is obviously the hardest fixture in the entire group. We'll have our two hardest fixtures played by the end of Wednesday night. Then we play Azerbaijan at home. We play Serbia at home. We fans in the Aviva for the first time under Stephen Kenny. What is success from this week? Is it four points, beat Azerbaijan, great, get a result at Serbia, qualification is gone, but we might be able to build on things? Is it... Six points is it? You know, is it getting back in contention? What do you think is success for Stephen Kenny this week? I think success. Looking at those three fixtures is not to be embarrassed by Portugal. To be able to get something, you know, we're more than likely it's not definite. More than likely, we we'll probably get beat in Portugal, but beat where it's not embarrassing. Beat where we put up a decent effort, and if we manage to get something from the game, brilliant. It's you know anything can happen in football. Two teams. Um, just, I give my reasons why I think Portugal might be on. You know. At their best in the game. Azerbaijan at home, win. And then the Serbia game, yeah, get something from it. You know, possibly get a draw from it. Possibly win it. You're home. The buzz we get, I think playing in front of a crowd, you know, we're talking about different teams up in Premier League. It's a disadvantage for some and it's an advantage for others. It's definitely an advantage for us playing in front of a crowd. We definitely get something from it. Um, you always felt <sighs> home or away from home playing for Ireland. You just got, I just think we always got better support than, than the teams we're playing against. It might give us 1% or 2%, but it was enough. Um, so I think it'll be a big boost for us at home. Um, and I think the atmosphere will be good. I don't think there'll be any negativity in the first game, especially as long as we we put up a decent performance and we should get something that game. That's that's what we need, a win in that game. And then again, serve one, I'd be happy with a draw. Looking at it from, from right now, four points from the three games, with decent performances in all of them. Yeah. We'll have a look at uh, the team Kevin has picked for uh, tomorrow night and go through the, the various options open to Stephen Kenny in just a couple of minutes. If you have any comments or questions for Kevin, please do get them in on uh, wherever you're watching, on, on Twitter or on Facebook or on YouTube. But, um, Kevin, before we get that, you mentioned the fans there. I was just talking earlier on about the last game Ireland played, which was 
um, in Hungary before the Euros, where it was the last yeah. game, you know, Irish season, and like it was randomly completely full, and you know, <laughs> there was a few issues there, obviously. But it did feel like the Ireland had way more energy straight away. It felt like a completely different yeah. game. Now, we hadn't seen much football in front of crowds at all at that stage, so maybe that's a perception thing from our point of view. But I definitely felt like Ireland had an extra pep in their step from that. Obviously, they'd got their first win under Kenny a few days before against Andorra yeah. as well. So. I don't know. I'm looking for positivity, obviously, but it did feel like we ended the season with those two friendlies with some kind of, you know, at least something to bring into this season. Yeah, you're, you're trying to get anything from it, aren't you? Um, you know, it was a big start of how many he hadn't won and how many he lost or whatever. You could, you can, you're trying to turn it the other way and go, we haven't been beaten in three, I think is the start or, or whatever it is. And, and you're trying to always put positive spins on things and, and get to start as something. That hungry game as well. I was working on that game, um, and you're thinking Hungary weren't great going to the Euros. Unison were it wasn't a great performance for them, but they actually played quite well in the Euros, and that was their last game before the Euros. They had their strongest team out, and they were trying to put a performance for the home crowd. So you'd have to take a positive from that performance from us. I thought we were very good on the night. And um, at the time, I put it down to a poor Hungary, but after seeing them in the Euros, I think it was just a good performance. Must after getting that massive monkey off our back and, and beating Andorra and. Um, you know, it was only Andorra, but you still had to go there and win. And uh, we did comfortably in the end. So um, after a bit of a scare in the first half, but uh, no, try to turn. Oh, listen, we're, you're supporting our country. You're supporting the players, the teams. You're supporting the manager. You're trying to get, you're trying to look for positives in stuff and see the beginning of something or hope to see the beginning of something. And that's what you're looking from those end of season games. Mm. Looking at your team here that you sent me earlier, um, we've got three five two. Uh, we've gone for now. We've actually played okay with that formation in the yeah. last. Um, is this also though that we have to play basically with, you know, six defensive players plus the goalkeeper if we're to with withstand Ronaldo, Fernandez, uh, Jota, maybe Bernardo Silva, whoever? There's, there's so many attacking options in that Portugal team. It's really scary straight away. Yeah, um, definitely numbers back. You're trying to get defenders on the pitch and. Um, I wouldn't have played three at the back if we hadn't have played a few times. Um, mm. We played it in that, you know, he sprung a surprise there last year and he threw it in where I haven't played it before and I thought that was wrong to do it. But now we've played it a few times, players should be a bit more comfortable, um, you know, a, a bit more used to it. Shane Duffy, I think it has to be the centre of that. He played on the right side of a three um, in one of the games. I can't remember which one. Yeah, uh, that was the Hungry game, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't think... He played fine in that game, but he looked at times that he could be exposed to me on the right side. I think he's better in the center of the three, um, where stuff, you know, he's more commanding, more people in around him. He's not getting played down the side, the right-hand side, the left-hand side of a three, you know, really need to be mobile in a, in a three at the back. Um, I know Shane Coleman are. Um, so I just like the three. It allows us to get two strikers on the pitch as well, and it suits the Matt Doherty, Shane, Seamus Coleman situation. Uh, Matt is a lot more comfortable if he's playing as a, as a wing back and after offers a massive attack and threat. So um I just think it suits the moment. I have nothing for against, you know, most formations. It, to me it depends what, what we're used to, what we're playing, what what suits the team and the squad we have at the moment. Hmm. Um it's interesting that you went for uh to possibly leave out John Egan then. Is that like yeah. just a, a case of like Duffy has to be the center in, in this yeah. formation and he's just playing he's in form at the moment. Sheffield United aren't they've dropped to the championship. Yeah. And just as simple as that, is it? Simple as that, Mickey. Um, yeah. John Egan, you know, with my section, I'm sure he'd feel hard. He'd done by, but I think just 
Shane's gone through so much in the last year. You didn't expect him to come back and be in that Brighton team, and he has, and he started the season really well. And in the centre of that three, he was, the, you know, he's been captain a lot of the time with Ireland. Um, he's such a commanding figure, and he looks to be confident and be back to himself. He's 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 been brilliant for Ireland. Um, my one worry with him is his. You know, in the way Stephen plays, I think he's he's a better player under Mick McCarthy or maybe a Martin O'Neill in in the style of play under Stephen. He'll have a lot more ball to feet and have to play a lot more from the back, and he's a, and press higher up from the back, which leaves him a bit more uncomfortable, especially maybe in a four at the back, but with the three at the back and people in around him, um, I think he'll be fine. And that's it, simply as you said, Mick. That's why I've gone for him over John Egan. Yeah, absolutely. And if you look at the wing backs, then you mentioned Doherty. Ryan Manning is playing um, very well for for Swansea yeah. so far. And you're trying to look for lads, I imagine, who are playing. And it kind of does. It's you know, I think that's just not an option for Stephen Kenny or for you picking this team or for me picking the team with the players that we have available. They're just not all playing football at the moment. Uh, maybe in a month's time, Connor Harrahan, who's just moved to Sheffield United, Malumbi, oh. who's just moved to West Brom, will be playing a little bit more football, but. You know who are you going to replace them with? Jeff Hendrick, who isn't playing football, so on and so forth. But interesting that there is a choice there—a goalkeeper between Stephen yeah. um, Kelleher and Gavin Bazunu. And uh, Bazunu is obviously playing really well for Ports, but Kelleher still obviously on the bench at Liverpool. But when he came on, I remember you doing the TV analysis on RT when he came on at half time, and we're excited about these two young goalkeepers, and yeah. they'll be vying it out for another 10, 15 years. But you were talking a lot about um, Kelleher's distribution being that step up from what Bazuna was offering is something that we might not always look at when we're talking about a goalkeeper and what they what they bring. Yeah, I just thought, like, Gavin was brilliant in that game as well. They played 45 minutes each. Gavin has been excellent. There's no real, listen, I'd be happy with either choice. I just think Kelleher to me is a year or two ahead in experience. It looked a bit more calm and assured. I was just talking about there on the ball. Um, you know, our, the way we're playing now and a keeper has it a lot more and he has to be calm and assured and he gives defenders confidence when he's calm and assured. He can pick out at the moment. Gavin is not bad with the ball at his feet, in fairness, but I just think uh, Kelleher just at the moment has a bit more about him when it comes to it. Um, I know he's not playing, but he's at a big, big club and they have confidence in him to play and a lot of our players aren't playing. So um, I would go with Kelleher. Wouldn't be you know either or, to be honest with you. I just thought when he came on in that game, he was outstanding and for 45 minutes made some brilliant saves, first of all, but just with ball at the feet, just looks that bit more calm, assured, confident, doesn't look like anything would phase him, like he has done a few times he's played for Liverpool, big games as well, and it doesn't seem to phase him, so that's why I've, I've gone for him over the Zoom. Yeah, um, look, I think either way, I think people are excited about either of them coming through. What do you think of uh, Darren Randolph not being included in the squad, though, and even in terms of a call-up now, um, when, when Mark Travers um, uh, had to pull out, like, He's he sent an Instagram saying I'm absolutely not retired. It'll be a long time before I am. I'm fit and I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah. Sorry, I don't know, Mick. Um, I yeah. I I find it strange because he doesn't seem to have ever done anything wrong. Um, I know him, and he's you know I'm, listen. I'm not speaking to him on a daily basis or anything like that. But I know he's not a you know some people you might think maybe if you're not paying to be negative, yeah. whatever. He's not like that, so. Strange one for someone who is a very good goalkeeper with such experience. Um, he's not as good with the ball at his feet probably as the two lads. And that's maybe, you know, from a selection point of view, why, why he wouldn't be starting for Stephen Kenny. But um, he's an excellent goalkeeper and has, you know, different managers have gone through the last few years and different good and bad performances. He's not really been at fault for anything. So he definitely has a right to feel hard done by and someone with such experience, you know, even if he's not playing to have him there. And, and you know, he's obviously, as you said, come out and said, I'm definitely not retired. 
he's made a point of saying that. So we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Maybe there was an argument between the manager and the player, and the manager has decided this, and I, I just don't want him around. I don't know. I I, I, I go inside one on that. Um, yeah. So that's it's a, guessing, really. Because it's a weird one that he wouldn't even right. Okay, he's obviously a good influence. He's a lot of experience, and you have two really young guys that you're trying to blood. Surely, even in, in yeah. a couple of weeks in the camp, but I just. It's without making too big a deal of it, and it's like we're right in the middle of the piece here. We're not leading with it. We're not trying to grab headlines, but these aren't the kind of conversations Stephen Kenny wants around the Ireland camps. You know, like you have to leave out players. Understand that, yeah. but it seems like you don't want guys kind of like having to stand up for themselves on social media and say, "Here, don't be saying I'm retired. I'm not." Like you know, even address it in your squad selection yeah. or something. You don't need these kind of um, incidents. Fractions, I suppose, isn't it? The less negativity and distractions and stuff you have to talk about, um, the better. And, you know, it would be an easy one to pick him in the squad and, and just not playing, you know, and, and he'd be yeah. good for the two lads, his experience. If he's not playing, he's not, as I said, he's not He's not a person to moan or be a grump around the place. So it would be a lot easier to pick him than not pick him. And I suppose when, when things haven't been going fabulous, you want less negativity, the less the better. So strange one. Again, we don't know. You know, I don't know. I genuinely don't know if something has gone on behind the scenes. I can only imagine that it must have. There must have been something or some argument or why I'm not picked or why I'm not playing. And Stephen has decided, well, that's the end of that. I'm not bringing him in anymore. But um, it's a strange one not to use is, you know, we've other experienced players in there who aren't playing with their clubs and then won't be picked in the team, but have been brought into the squad as supposed to be around and, and have a positive influence on players and try lend their experience, but uh, yeah, not to be the case with Darren Randolph. I feel firm because he has, you know, he's been around for a good few years now and hasn't put a foot wrong. And is still a fit and agile and a good goalkeeper, and you'd imagine has some has a not more than something more than a, a lot to offer. But we have two good goalkeepers, I suppose, um, <laughs> as we've discussed. But um, they don't have experience, so even even having Darren there, train with them, coach them, interdress them before the game, just you know. Being, a, being that experience, you know, relaxed, calm around them, and and then then he's been there and done that and played in major championships for Ireland. So um, I'm sure they'd look up to him and, and take in everything he says. But listen, again, we don't know the ins and outs of it or the real reasons. We, yeah, we probably won't ever either. Make it. No, I, it's not easy to drop an established goalkeeper though in the squad I again I'm not saying he shouldn't be in there I think he should be but you know mm. I do remember even when Shea probably got to the end you know he'd been there for so long he'd been the he'd been Ireland's best ever goalkeeper and then you're you know it is hard to kind of say here sit in the bench here Shea for a yeah. while it's a manager's job really isn't it it is yeah um and Shea was older and probably coming to the end of his club career as well. So it was an easier one, I would imagine. It was an easier one for the manager with Shea and he knew it was coming. Whereas with Darren, he's still young enough and, and still, you know, still has a chance to be a number one goalkeeper at a club, a number one for his country. I'd imagine he didn't see himself, I would say, not playing or not being picked. So um, their, their decisions managers has to make. You know, he's obviously, I'd imagine Stephen has put a lot more thought into it and then our five-minute chat here and the ins and outs and why he hasn't picked him. And he's obviously seen something that he doesn't like or isn't, you know, wants to go his own way on it. And you have to just stick with, go with the manager. I suppose the easy option for him, as you said, is just having him in the squad and not playing. Um, he doesn't want to do that for whatever reason. Um, you know, it just leaves it open to questions and talking about it. And if one of those keepers... You know, it does make a mistake. I don't think they will, but if they have a bad game, that would be the question. Well, why don't you have an experienced goalkeeper who hasn't 
had any issues playing for Ireland over the last probably 10 years, I'd say he's been nearly number one now, um, Darren Love. So, um, yeah, it's in, in, a, in a position you don't have to make that decision. You know, there are plenty of tough decisions to make in that squad and trying to get lads in who haven't got much experience. When you have someone with experience, not to use them, I suppose, is the question mark in my head. Yeah. Just going back to your team then, uh, we're t- like, you know, we're making a case for the defence. There's excitement yeah. about the young goalkeepers. There's definitely an excitement about the, the forward line, if a worry there about inexperience and, and how much they'll develop. But I suppose the midfield is the area that we're probably most concerned about in terms of our yeah. where we're going. Obviously, not having night there isn't great. Um, um, Josh Cullen is, is slowly kind of, I suppose, establishing himself, and at least he's playing football. But... The two other you've picked in there in terms of uh, Herohan and, and, and Malumbi, I just wonder what you think those guys, those that trio has to do tomorrow night for us to stifle Portugal in any way or even create some chances. Oh, listen, it's hard to pick going through who to pick in the midfield. Like, there's no one really, you know, setting the world alight. Malumbi's not playing, but he's just gone on loan. And I thought he's good in games. I've seen him for Ireland. I, you know, he's impressed me in spells and... Hurahan, I thought he'd push on a lot more over there. You've seen him, you would have seen him more than me at Aston Villa. I thought there was more to come from him. Um, I still think there's something in there. You know, he has a bit more experience than other lads in the squad as well. So that's why I've put him in there. And he's, you know, he usually has a quality delivery. Colin as well, he's playing in a top division. It's not, you know, he's playing in playing for Anderlecht. They haven't had a good start to the season, but he is playing. And again, another player who I like when I see him play. Mm. You know, it's it's from then we just need massive energy and a bit of calmness on the ball. You know, you're not there's nothing going to be magic out of them. Be organized, be energetic, be reasonably calm on the ball, um, and and whoever you pick in those that position in midfield, those three are sort of interchangeable in, in where they are and you know, of the three they can want they can all sit a bit, they can all get forward, you know. Huron has really good energy at times. You just you know, you're, we're not going to get magic out of them. Um they all have decent ability. You're just hoping that they're reasonably well organized, reasonably good position to play. Don't give the ball away in city areas. Look to get on it. Look to be a calm influence. Look to take the pressure off the game. Look to play forward. You know, again, the three-five-two puts two center forwards on the pitch and two wing backs getting forward. Look up, look forward. Don't take the safe option all the time. Yeah, just yeah, just good, decent midfield play, Nick. Uh, not magic. You know, with, yeah. you're just hoping that they're not playing Portugal away. Portland has experience. Colin Malumbi, not so much that, you know, they're not a bit, you know, caught in the rabbit and headlights type thing um, that they're able to deal with the pressure of it. Um, and I think Malumbi, you know, Malumbi to me, I hope he's, he's gone and to play. So, I, mm. you know, it's the start of the season as well. You're talking about some of these players not playing. You know, none of them have played too many games. Even if even if a player has played, they've only played three games. So they're not missing out on match fitness really too much. They have a chance to go, you know, go. They're going on loan with a few of the players in the squad to get into teams to play games. So hopefully, by the time we come into the next games again, they'll have played. They'll have games under their belt. Um, but say going through that midfield options, you know, you could have put, you could make a case for any of them really. Uh, yeah. And say they have, they are, they are playing. They can do a job, whatever it might be. So they were the three I settled on. Um, you know, Jeff Hendrick was one I thought about, but he's, you know, it was between him and Hurahan, um, for who I'd played there and talked. Hurahan gives more, a bit more. Mm. Yeah, I've seen a lot of that in the last couple of days of people, like, it, it seems to be one or the two, and then, you know, the reaction is always 
by them, you know, no matter what it is. But uh, it does seem to be one of the two, and 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 people are looking for younger options. And if you look up front, then like you know, picking Troy Parrott and 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 Aaron Connolly are definitely younger options. Ireland are uh, seventeen to ten on Nadbrooks to score a goal in this game, or at least a goal, I suppose, uh, uh, more than zero point five goals, as they put it. Um, you know, I, in a weird way, you wouldn't be the most optimistic. The team you're picking there is quite attacking in a way, though. Um, yeah. But looking at our attacking options, Kevin, like, you're going to pick in experience either way. Here's what's in the squad. Like, so James Collins is 30, yeah. but only has 10 caps. Shane Long is not playing. Like, he's the option, obviously, if you wanted to go for experience in terms of goals or appearances with 88 and 17. But everybody else, you're kind of trying something with, really, aren't you? Like, yeah. so... You know, Parrot's playing for MK Dons. He scored a couple of times, and you know, Connolly not really getting much of a look in with Brighton at the moment. I know, and Adam, Adam has been, you know, when he's been fit, he's been selected um, by Stephen most of the yeah. time. So that was one I thought about as well. I just think the way Parrot played um, reasonably well in those end of season friendlies, he got his goals obviously against Andorra, and I just thought maybe, and he started the season quite well. I know it's. League One, I know it's, you know, down the divisions, but, you know, he's, he's a player with a lot of potential. Um, Shane Long, obviously, has been there and done it, but again, he's not playing for his club, and Stephen doesn't seem to, I don't think he's picked him to start really many games. Um, I, thought, I thought he could still do, I don't know, maybe be going out on loan and playing. Um, yeah, you could pick any of these. James Collins, you know... Offers a really good hold-up play, physical threat, but he hasn't really played that well when he has played for Ireland. I don't think he's massively taking his chances. Not that he's got too many chances. You know, I, he's another option, different to Parrott and Connolly. He'd be more of a one if you were playing one up front. I'd play James Collins. Um, Connolly, he's, you just expect more from him. You know, he, he came on the scene so quickly, I suppose, or not? Maybe not quickly, but he came on the scene in a flash, scored on his debut for Brighton. He has got real potential. He excites. He's one you love to see on the ball. Um, he nearly tries to do too much when he's on the ball, to be honest with you, and tries to do something every time. If he just, you know, he doesn't have to score or beat people every time he gets on the ball. Um, but he's got real potential, real skill. And he's the, the one, if you're not playing Shane Long, he's the one with pace and one that makes teams think, maybe makes him drop a yard or two because they're frightened of his pace. And he can drift. You know, if you're playing para para, it'll be down the center. But, Connolly can drift out wide and, you know, just create a bit of havoc maybe at times in other positions and not just be sort of out and out front too. So, um, again, like the midfield, you could have made a combination or a selection of any of those players. Um, and, again, it mightn't be out of strikers. You know, it mightn't be Connolly or Parrott. It might be it might be one centre forward. It could be a James Collins with a Hurrahan supporting him and another midfielder. Who knows what way he'll play it or what way he'll see it. But, um you know, if I'm playing, if you're going to play the two centre forwards, I like that combination. A little bit young, hungry players, bit of pace. You know, Paris got got off his mark for Ireland. There's neither of them are scared too much <laughs> internationally wise. Um, but yeah, listen, it's hard to pick. I don't know who would you pick, Mick, out of that selection to play. Uh, I don't well, think Mike, Stephen will pick, but they'd be the ones I pick. Yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. And look, I mean, it doesn't matter who I'd pick, really. I don't even know, to be honest. It is, it's interesting to see how much how much they all have that little bit of experience. It shows you that nobody's kind of shone through and we kind of have to keep yeah. trying different players. Or there's been a lot of injuries and COVID and everything else as well. On Connolly, though, I was watching him. He came on at halftime for Brighton last week. I think it's his only appearance of the season so far. And everything just seemed to be about 
I, I feel like there's a pressure on him. Just watching on TV, you yeah. don't know, but no other information. But you're just feeling like he's always trying to do that big thing that will maybe get the fans off his back or get Potter off his back or whatever it is. I wonder, will there be a slight more freedom in terms of playing for Ireland in, you know, I, he knows, I, I guess, that he is needed more on the Ireland team, I guess. And, you know, you know yourself, you go away in international duty, you can take the pressure of the club game off your back a little bit. And we do know what he's capable of. He could be Ireland's X factor in a way. We just need him to get back into form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd imagine there's less pressure on him with Ireland because there's four or five strikers there. It's not like we're relying on him because there's no one, you know, setting the world alight. So there's no pressure from that sense. You can spread out among them. Um, you're you're dead right about talking and seeing him when he plays. And I felt that a bit with Ireland. He just he's always trying to take someone on, put him in the top corner. That's the feeling that he's always, you know. And it's great to see it. And he said he is. He's exciting to watch. But you just like him to do the simple thing, you know one out three times and, and try to do something special the other times but just take a simple option a simple pass i mean you don't have to work really hard you know I, I do think out of the ones that play there he's the one that it takes him a second or two to switch on defensively it's all it seems to be like oh i've got a job to do as well and it takes him a second or two to to get back into position and um, the others seem to be a lot more tuned in that way um you know it seems like it's not something that comes natural to him and it's not easy he's an attacking player but in modern football, you know, you have to be as good in going the other way as you do going forward. But he's definitely got, you know, we're looking for with Ireland. We're searching. We've always had loads of players who work hard and do the job right. We don't have the X factor. He's definitely got the X factor. The X factor, just a, a quality and ability that um, I'm going to dance show or sing off here. <laughs> uh, he's got a bit of quality, a bit of something about him. He can do something different. And um, I hope he can translate that into a career in football you know there's so many players coming over here who've got that you know you can name them you know I'm not going to name them now but you know the ones with Ireland who've made a few games over the years and talked about to be the next superstars and it doesn't go on to be and, and you, I'd see them in training they have more ability than anyone in, in the place but they don't have long careers because whatever happens I don't know um, and I, I fear for Aaron that that could be the case he needs to listen he's still very young just you know not feel like he has to be the superstar every time he goes out and plays. It'll come naturally if he just goes out and enjoys himself and not try to take on the world. I feel like that's the way he plays. He's trying to take on the whole 11. I don't know if totally wrong there. It might be at all, but it just looks like that on the pitch. But he's definitely got something. That's why I have him there because he's definitely got a quality. Even he hasn't scored many goals, but the few he has scored for a club have been special goals, good goals. And um, just, yeah, just... He needs to get a run of games. He might be a case of Brighton. It's not going to happen there and he has to go out on loan. Yeah. Or be it. But he needs to play a lot. He seems to get a lot of niggly injuries. I'm dragging on here a bit about but and discussing him. But we're discussing him because he could be an important player for Ireland. Um, I think it was the end of season friendlies and he got cramp after 60, 65, 70 minutes maybe. I'm thinking cramp at 21. If I'd have got cramp and gone down and told people I'd got cramp at that age, I'd have been embarrassed. And I'd have been, I would have been embarrassed to tell anyone I had cramp. I wouldn't have. I'd have had cramp and I'd have ran through it. You know, it'd be the greatest sin of all time. Get cramp. You know, you're 21. You should be end of season fit as a fiddle. So, and he seems to get a lot of niggly injuries and just, I don't know, just, you know, sort that out. You need to sort it out. You can't be injured all the time. Football will pass you by and managers will give up on you and, you know, it's easy to have a niggle and just opt out and you can't do that all the time. You have to 
find a way to play and play games regularly and get into a team and stay in a team and become someone a manager can depend on. And that's the side of the game to me that's going to be the hardest for him. He has all the quality in the world and mm. really does, but just putting that into playing all the time, playing regularly, getting some goals and, and having a long career. Um, it's not easy, but he has to figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. That's actually funny enough. That's the thing I was talking about with someone with Aaron Connolly uh, during the week was I'd love to just see him last the three games of the uh, of the camp this time, you know, and stay till the end because it just feels like it hasn't happened since God since Martin was manager, really, you know. Um, I'll also take the blame for bringing up the X factor there, resorting to that cliche and putting the words in your mouth. So apologies for that, Kevin. But <laughs> before we go, I look. I mean, there's your team. It's three five two. Um, people can. We will have their own changes, I'm sure, and we'll see what Stephen does tomorrow evening. But uh, on the other team, moving off Ireland slightly, on the other team tomorrow night will be one Cristiano Ronaldo. Since we last spoke, he has made a dramatic return to Manchester United, uh, to the joy of all Manchester United fans like yourself, despite the fact that he's 26 years old. Uh, did Man City do <laughs> into signing an old player? And <laughs> so bitter, maker, so bitter. <laughs> um, are you excited I mean, you know what from a on the pitch point of view he'll be fine like he got more goals in the Italian league I'm defending him here than, than Lukaku last season um, yeah. you know and people are saying what a sign in Lukaku is and he's going to get 30 goals a season for Chelsea this year well Ronaldo was meant to have had a terrible season at Juventus and he was one of the top scorers in the league I listen listen he's 36 you're dead right it's not the world's greatest signing but from a whole just Manchester United and where they've been and the whole outlook the last few years to be able to go and get him and sort of for the club for the boost to the fans he's still a decent player and he'll, he'll demand a lot of he'll demand performances and demand wins and he's still got the he's still fit enough and still you know you've, everyone's seen his body you've seen him in the Euro still scoring goals he'll still do a job for them and it hasn't cost them the earth you know 12 million I think it was that had to pay up front and plus his wages, but you know, just having him at a club, um, mm. the status and the commercial ability of him and all that, I'd imagine the transfer will pay for itself or you know, over the long term it won't be a massive draw on their funds. So um I was excited by it. I don't you know, you're talking about did Manchester City goat Manchester United into signing them or <laughs> did Ronaldo's agent do a fabulous job of goading Man United into signing them because they couldn't let go to Man City, could they? No. Um, but by making it seem like he would it, you know, Man United, from all, you know, reading up all about it, they had no interest in signing them or didn't work on to sign them. And then they had no choice in the end because of, you know, in fairness to Ronaldo and his agent, their game of, um, their, you know, they did it, they played it well, didn't they? Um, or maybe, as you say, maybe it was total reverse psychology and maybe Man City played it well. Um, <laughs> and got Man United to get rid of a few more pounds and uh, sign a player who's 36. But uh, no, he, listen, he's still. He's a superstar. There's only two of them. There's Messi and Ronaldo, and that's been the case for a long time. There's only two, and I know he's at the end of his career. Messi's near the end of his career, but they're still the ones that stand out season after season. And to have them in your squad, whether he plays 30 games a season or not, just to have them there for another year or two, I think I think it's on, on the balance of it. It's a good, very good sign. All joking aside, I see no real downside. There's something to be said for exciting yeah. your fan base as well. And I haven't seen United fans like this in, in a long time. Um, we'll see him tomorrow night. So let's for you if, if you're a United Ireland fan, you probably hope that Shane Duffy doesn't run through the back of him after five minutes. Um, but yeah. maybe the rest of us don't mind so much if it gets Ireland the result. But uh 
if I was to put you on the spot then, you've been hinting at oh, yeah. the result here. The draw is 11-2 to two on Ladbrokes. What do you think? Is it am, I mad? am I mad, Mick, to go for a draw? Um, You'd be madder to go for the 20-1 to one win, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. You know, listen, listen, all... If you're wanting to just a bit of hope and a bit of, you know, all the reasons I give at the start of this interview, why I think we might catch Portugal on the hop a little bit. Again, it depends on us and what way we are. I don't know. So hard to tell. A lot of players not playing. The thought of who's going to play. Um, but we did have a good end of season camp and we got all our players there and they did get a, it seemed like they got that club-like atmosphere going. Um, I'm going to go for, listen, my head tells me Portugal are going to win and probably win fairly comfortably. But I'm, I'm an optimist. I'm an Ireland fan. I'm, and, you know, you always, I always believed as an Ireland player going into a game, we're going to get something from didn't matter who we're playing. So I'm, I'm imagining those players feel the same thing. So um, I, I hate saying predicting Ireland are going to lose. So I'm going to go for an away draw, uh, an organised, really organised backs, not backs to the wall, but just a really organised, you know, performance. I saw Portugal... I'm dragging on again a bit here, but I saw Portugal. I can't remember who it was, was again. Could be against Luxembourg. They struggled to break them down. They won the game in the yeah. end. But they struggled for a long time with all those players you mentioned. All of them on the pitch. All their top players were playing. They struggled. So, listen, you never know. I'm going to go for a draw. Mick. Okay, we'll take that. <laughs> we'll take it for sure. Eleven to two on Ladbrokes for a draw. But uh, Kevin, thanks a million for your time today, and uh, enjoy the match tomorrow night. If that's a, if that's something that we do with Ireland matches, I don't know if enjoy is the right word, but we'll talk to you over the weekend uh, when we're in, in between the home games. We'll uh, we'll have a catch up then. Cheers, Mick. Talk to you then. Thanks a million to Kevin. Uh, of course, if you are having a bet on uh, the Ireland games or anything else at all, please always gamble responsibly. Visit dunlouis.net for more information. Thanks a million to Labrook. Stay tuned to Balls.e for all the coverage of um, Ireland's three games uh, over the next seven days. Uh, we'll have lots of stuff on site and uh, on our social channels as well. And enjoy the game tomorrow night. Uh, look, I, hopefully if you're going to one of the two home games, it'll be a bit of an experience. We've got 24,000 going to both games on Saturday and Tuesday. So the Lansdowne Roar will be back. Can't wait for it. Uh, take it easy. Enjoy the game tomorrow night.